BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. So Max Stossel is a friend and an award-winning poet, filmmaker, and speaker named by Forbes as one of the best storytellers of the year. Max is just so wonderful. We got to see him perform before COVID, but he creates these performances that are mind-expanding, profound, and hilarious all at once. And his work has been translated to four languages, won multiple film festivals, and has been viewed over 20 million times online. Spanning five continents from Lincoln Center in New York to the Hordern Pavilion in Sydney, Max is also the Youth and Education Advisor for the Center of Humane Technology, an organization of former tech insiders dedicated to realigning technology with humanity's best interests. We talked about his one-person show, Words That Move, a live performance of nine stories told on stage at King's Theater, each with its own combination of live action, VFX, and animation. It's a first of its kind. I'm so happy to be highlighting him and his work. He shares the process of making the special, his writing process, more insight into the themes he explores, and just so much more. So here is my dear friend, Max. Hey, dude. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm actually getting over most of the black eye. What happened? I went in for a tackle in soccer, and he turned around right at that moment, and our heads just smacked into each other. Oh, no. Not ideal, but... Not ideal, but good for you for being in an adult soccer league. (laughs) Thank you. As you know. Sometimes I feel like a good exercise regimen of once every two months is a really healthy one to, you know, really move the body once every once a quarter. (laughs) Totally. Well, I was part of I I was going to ask you about your self-care as part of this. So that ties into it. I would not call myself my self-care practices to be the absolute best as I'm a human being who forgets to eat. But 
you know yeah. I've got a couple things I've got a thing like I, I love my physical alarm clock it's usually what I talk about helps me not check my phone in the morning I don't use an alarm Max once you have a kid you don't need a phone anymore at all that's, that's fair <laughs> you don't need a phone yeah. period no I clock. mean I wish I'm one of those people that like would be totally fine not having a phone if I didn't have to like I feel like once my job on social media is done like I I want to live like how my mom lived with her phone yeah, I really feel that. Ugh. What's your relationship with like your phone right now? It's more active with social media than it usually is because I'm in like promotion of special mode and posting things. But right. normally, I, yeah, I like to be on as little as possible. And yeah, I think social media is an absolute cesspool that is messing with our minds in so many ways. You have a whole segment in your special about <gasps> it. You watched the special, Whitney? I sure did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so for everyone out there who's wondering what's going on here, Max is a friend. He worked with Timmy. How many years ago was that on Ocho? That's probably like eight years ago. Oh Could have been God. nine. Could have been a decade. Okay, so they worked together for a little while on this app that they were building and developed a friendship. And Max is just the best. And I've always adored you and always, always loved you. And he has been writing poetry. How long have you been writing poetry now? I've been writing poetry for about 10 years. I had just started when I met Timmy. Oh, my God. All right. So what? Let's dig in there. So like, what prompted you to want to start to write? Like, was that ever something that you were into when you were younger? So I actually just recently saw a yearbook picture of myself, like in my girlfriend was looking through these, these old yearbooks and mm -hmm. saw that my second grade teacher had named me class poet, but I have no recollection of that. <laughs> no no real memory. Of Did being you ask like your parents? Poet. And yeah, they had talked about how I've like written these little things and I have some funny childhood poems, but from like <laughs> third grade to age 25 or whatever it was, 23, I had <laughs> written very little. And then I heard, I heard this poet perform. He shared this poem about falling in love at 85 mm -hmm. and it was very beautiful. And I found myself remembering certain lines. His name is A.Q. He's a very talented poet. And my arms were literally buzzing, like they were tingling. And mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out what the heck was happening. And I just started writing on my phone pad, trying to like understand why my arms were buzzing, which was not a thing mm -hmm. I had done before. And the first mm -hmm. two lines rhymed. And I was like, huh, all right, I can do this. And I finished that poem. And then I read it for, I ran into that same guy the next day. I said, hey, I, I wrote a poem after you shared. Would you like to hear it? And he's like a very cool dude. It was kind of like, okay, man, what's up? <laughs> and I shared it with him. But he was like, oh, this is like, you should consider pursuing this. And yeah, that really launched things off for me. And I was first performing them live, like at events, and people would say, wow, can you send me that poem? And I would write it out. And I'd be like, it's just, the words on the page are not quite the same thing as these spoken pieces. Like, I don't feel like I'm delivering you the soul of it here. I really want to deliver you the soul of it. And that's what started me moving into films with it. And films are the way of trying to deliver the soul of a poem through the screen for me. And this special has been the first time I've done that with a full show. And I'm pretty happy with how it came out. It's so amazing. It's so great. Okay, so the first, what was the first poem that you wrote? The first poem I wrote, like the very first one, I think, was about trying to figure out what's going on. The line was, I think, I sit and ponder the beauty of slam poetry, wonder the reason it so flows with me. And I was like, yeah, poetry flows with me. Let's roll with this. And it was just about the beauty of perspective, of like how this art or sometimes comedy can just 
shift the way that we're able to listen and receive ideas and messages to the point that it's just able to land and something that might, we might otherwise have like resistance to or sort of be skeptical of and give to the mind if it comes in this sort of poetic form or if it makes us laugh. It's just much easier to take in. And I really like that and how beautifully just a shift in perspective can change our entire world. There's so much messaging beyond this, but like, what do you hope that people get out of it? Totally. And so I, I initially I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm, I put my own money in to make it. I hopefully will sell it and get that money back and just put that money into the next one. That's sort of how right. I was thinking about it. Right. Um, in going through the process of one, I totally underestimated how hard it is to even get it in front of the streaming people. And then once I did, okay, first you need a manager. Okay, went out and got a manager. Then you need an agent. Went out and got an agent. Then the agent sends it over to the sends it over to the people. It's like a year long process by this point, even. And then the people who I showed it to were like, oh, this is really cool. Like, wow, great job. And oh, we don't do anything like this. Nothing. And it was just like, it was like, oh, we're looking for very specific things in our buckets. And it's not a poetry special. What the heck is a poetry special? So while we like this, this is cool. We can't do anything with it because where do you go? And I'm very used to that of the not fitting in boxes, which I like about myself in certain ways. Well, yeah. And that's interesting. Something that we chatted on the phone before we had this. It was like something that Timmy runs into, too, and gets really, really frustrated by the industry when you're doing something different, which is something I advocate on here all the time like try to do something that's never been done before. It's really hard for people to want to take a chance because their jobs are on the line too. And people are really afraid of doing anything new and different. So I urge people just like to not let that deter them and to figure out a way to do it on your own and get it out there. And it seems like you've done exactly that. Thanks. And yeah, that, that is what this is. And ultimately for me, it's the goal. Like why is to honor these poems this show that means so much to me and that i get it wants to be heard people i want people to have it and now people can have it and so so long as i can find ways to scrounge around and do other things to make money to help support making it and doing it i don't need to make money on this stuff ultimately that's not the goal at all i just want i want to share these messages i want people to have this Mm -hmm. and i think that's really the right mindset too like for also anybody out there listening who's doing something and trying to get it out there that they love like it can just be a hobby for a little while but i really do believe that it is if it's something that the world needs to see like they will find it and it could become a business it could become a revenue opportunity you know but it is cool it's it's important to continue to like throw the attention and energy into it even if it is like a side hustle you can probably relate to it like it's it's so easy if you take a thing you love and turn it into a job it really changes it like and sometimes can really diminish the things we love about it yeah well that's also true yeah it's really nice to have it not have money not need to be the goal like i think it helps create keep a purity and keep a it's like a passion for what you're doing when so true. it separated the money from it. That's so true. All right. So we're going to get into the specific words that especially moved me. But first, I just want to get into like your writing process. Do you like do you need to be in the zone? Do you only write when it hits you? Like, is there a place you like to write in the most? All my favorite writing has happened when it hit me totally outside of my control. And I have spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to make that happen with no (laughs) success whatsoever. Yeah, feels like that's just how the human brain, that's how we work. (laughs) You can't force these things. Totally. The brain or the universe or something, it like comes in when it comes in. And 
I think it's my job to be open to that. And if it does happen to literally stop anything that I'm doing, no matter how important that thing might seem and honor that it is happening. And then, of course, sometimes, you know, I can sit and write and gruel over a subject. And with a lot of work, that can turn out to be something I'm proud of, too. Just most of the time, it's like almost I'm in awe as I'm watching the writing happen. And, oh, wow, look how this connects to that. And that's coming through. It's like I'm more mm-hmm. like an observer watching it, watching totally. it happen than I am actually doing it. And that's just like this awe-inspiring, beautiful process that I love very much. And I'm very hopeful will happen more often now that I'm birthing this creative project and a couple of others to make space for the next the next versions. Totally. And do you like write it out or do you use your phone and put it on notepads? I'm on my phone. Nope. There's something about the rhythm of the speed on my phone notepad that works for me. I have now I, I lead these I lead workshops as well, just helping other people tap into their creativity and then in that like fully encourage whatever your tool is that feels good for you, do that. And I certainly am not an advocate that everyone should use a phone notepad. No, totally. Totally. But that's the speed that that works for me. And do you ever deal with writer's block? Are you very much just like, oh, if it doesn't come to me for a while, it's fine. Like the I'm really only going to to do this when it feels natural. So my experience with writer's block is Yeah, I do really try to prioritize when it feels natural and part of not feeling like I need to write to make money and go, I need to do this every day, which I think is where a lot of writer's block starts to come from. But most of my experience working with people with writer's block is that we're not as much blocked as we are afraid or like, or thinking that what we're doing isn't the right thing to be writing about. Mm-hmm. There's always something there. You can literally write, my back is aching, I'm scared, I'm nervous about this thing, I'm so excited to see this person. Like, we're not blocked. There are thoughts, there are things coming through. I think most of the time, a lot of us just think, well, that's not important enough to write down, or that's not what really, that no one would care about this, or this is not what I should be writing about. And I think releasing those helps to, fle- helps to at least get things started. And sometimes once you get started, you'll flow into a place that feels more exciting. But yeah, in terms of I mostly like I try to write a certain number of times a week when I'm not in doing other work and other creative parts of my process and just to sit down and show up to the page. But most of the time, the things like I end up sharing come from an inspired moment and not just me sitting down and starting to write something. Totally. That makes so much sense. So words that move so incredible. At first, when I started watching it, I thought it was just going to be like you on the stage talking the whole time. And then all of a sudden the, the graphics came and it was really produced and you're in this beautiful theater. Like this isn't just like, this isn't just like going to watch someone do poetry. Like there's a whole vision and, and visual element behind it. Were you able to tap into really cool artists? How did you visualize what you wanted that all to look like? Totally. I got to work with so many incredibly talented people. The first poem, yeah, sort of sparks into this other world of XR, it's called. I loved that. Yeah. Three LED walls. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) These three LED walls that like create animations in the foreground and the background. It was sort of like a new experimental technology when we were working with it. And most of the stuff that happened in the show, like we couldn't have afforded if it wasn't COVID and like, (laughs) and people weren't empty anyway. My friend Aaron Richards directed it, who was on the show Gotham for a while and is now on The Crown and has directed a few of episodes of of those and yeah and each poem had its own kind of flavor and its own different set of talented people who I got to 
to work with. And yeah, every, every single person was just like contributing their own goodness to it. And often just really loving the messages and wanting to help put them out there and able to work yeah. within the budgets that I had. And it was, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful for the whole team. Including Luca, your dog. Yeah, including Luca. Luca's so cute. So it starts, there's this line, and I'm going to call out a couple lines that I, that like especially hit me. Great. And you can talk about like the context and messaging and stuff. But the first was we, how we need to escape our brain's erosion in order to feel And I like I feel this so much just because there's so much untangling that I'm doing constantly to decipher, like, what's my reality versus what's my perception. And I feel like that's like my brain's erosion is this confusion between those two things. And so I just love that. Can you talk a little bit about like the context of that thought in the poem? Yeah, I used to be so centered around thinking and my Uh mind. Uh And I have much more recently come to find such deep and profound and intense, beautiful wisdom of literally letting all of that go and being guided by intuitions and feelings. Actually, I'm sitting here with like a tarot deck in front of me and I just cut (laughs) it and the the fool card came up, which is the has a special place in my heart, which I can talk about for a second. I'm not so into (laughs) tarot necessarily, but this deck is just one that's really beautiful. But the fool card is about how like to, a fool goes on trusting over and over, regardless of like how many times he's been deceived or hurt in the past. And it's just like, there's this picture of him stepping off a cliff with flowers in hands, just like romantically about to fall. And, and I love that with exactly what we're describing of getting out of the mind and just, oh, this feels right. And I'm just going to do it regardless of outcome. And oh, maybe I will be hurt. Like maybe this won't go my way, but like I'm just going to follow the intuition and the feeling and trust the knowledge of the feelings as opposed to this is why I'm feeling it and I'm feeling it because of this and because of that. And this is how I need to go through life, which is just such a rigid and often stressful way of walking. And and yeah, there's just like, I think there's so much beauty and just and courage and trusting our emotions and not letting the brain guide. Also, often it's the thing we think we're mad about or sad about isn't really it. Like we come up with these other reasons later and then just like to justify the emotion as opposed to letting the emotions be their full, whole spectacularness. And right. Let the gut lead the way instead of like the confusion of the brain, which sometimes can be lying to us. We're not always telling ourselves the truth of what's actually happening. Yeah. Someone once said to me, the brain is a beautiful servant and a terrible master. And I like that a lot. That is really good. And now a little break for an ad. Finish the sentence in your mind. I deserve a sex life that is dot, 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 what comes to mind. Don't be afraid to say it because whatever it is, you deserve it. And Dipsy can help you get there in new and sexy ways. So Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. I love it. I am smiling saying it. Uh, It makes me blush a little, but it's so great that it exists so women can feel safe to embrace and really practice their sexuality. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy 
hookups, you guys. Radically inclusive, Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of stories are voice acted by people of color. New content is released every week, so you can always find something new to explore between listening to your favorite stories repeatedly. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories you can actually read. So let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash withwit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash with wit. One more time, that's dipcstories.com slash with wit. And now back to our show. There's a moment where you're talking about the stranger on the bus, you're on the subway, and you're talking about the stranger on the bus you said who's singing maybe naked. I can't remember. And you said the substance at his core that is imperfectly perfect. If we look past all the insanity on the surface, we'll find substance at his core that is imperfectly perfect. Maybe what seems mm-hmm. crazy is his soul's very emergence from the depths of his heart as it's pouring wide open, jumbled song, the one thing of which he is certain and belting it out fulfills his life's very purpose. Yeah, like inspired by literally watching people who look absolutely insane, on, often in New York City on the subway, or like singing to themselves or talking very loudly. And then also looking around at, everybody else staring very stiffly at our phones or just like ahead of us, not communicating with each other and packed into these cars and this one animated person who's engaging with life in this much richer and fuller way. And not to, you know, diminish the significance of mental illness in any way, shape or form. But I think there's a beauty in looking at insanity and our own insanity as just like a difference, the different way of perceiving the world and to not judge it necessarily or think of it as less than as opposed to a different perspective on reality. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a big theme throughout the poems is perspective, like is just you constantly trying to put yourself in other people's shoes. And I think that that is just like such such an innocent, easy, you know, like treat yourselves how other want to be treated. Like it's such an easy idea, but it's it's something that we all forget to do too often. I think that leads into the poem about Luca, which is like just so freaking cute. For those listening, <laughs> Luca is a dog. Um, yes. It's sort of like a love poem to my dog and similar to sort of the insanity piece. What I really like about that poem is there are a couple of different moments where it's a conversation between my dog and I am doing both voices. Sadly, Luca can't really talk himself. And he it, it points out the different places where Luca's being like, wow, you humans are so silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like why? <laughs> and like this one line that I really like in it where I'm chastising him for eating something disgusting on the floor. And mm-hmm. he's like, and he says something to me that's along the lines of, uh, Max, are you crazy? There's so much here to love. Look, just try the bottom half of this dead dove. Don't be afraid of later throwing up. It's just what happens when we experience too much. If it's not coming out, you're not eating enough. It's like, go for it. Like, live. Yeah. Yeah. And like a fullness that I think dogs do teach us. And this appreciation, like, you know, the pure love of family and unconditional love and so much to learn from these little furry friends. And 
yeah, it's a fun exploration and really, you know, Luca died a few years ago. So Aww. it's really nice that this exists that as like, a, yeah, it's this little tribute to, to the pup. So cute. Well, I think the next one gets into the politics stuff, which I think is really beautifully written. And it's interesting also that you note that you wrote in 2015. Like there were a couple lines that I loved. The first line was, we lose sight of the people that we care about because we are so lost in the fight looking through those eyes with hatred. And you talk about how it's similar to the fights that we have with our significant others or our friends where we start to fight and we're not even fighting about the fight anymore, but we just have this rage because we we can't deal with the opposition. And I think that that's such an interesting way to look at it. It's not about who's right. It's just about like hearing each other out and actually listening right and yeah and especially and and to get some structure for people listening too of like yeah yeah the show goes through you know nine different perspectives and from insanity to luca my dog's eyes and then the eyes of sort of our political landscape today or how we're seeing each other in that and i think especially on social media there's so much like energy put into dunking on each other and like oh look how i how stupid these people look we made them look bad and us look good and there's like so much image management and and so much fighting and hatred of the other side that i think like it's like what are we doing like how are what are what needs fixing there's lots that needs fixing and how are we actually applying ourselves to it sure sometimes that's laws and some of the fights might be necessary in that but most of the time, it's like, just what actions are we taking to help the people that we care about or to be the people that we care about? Mm-hmm. And and does that require, like, just beating on each other? And I don't think it does. I think we're so angry that we're not actually yeah, doing anything, not actually solving the very things we're actually so passionate about because we're so lost in the fight. Yeah, much like, you know, being so angry at a, a loved one that it's just like, ah, like, it's just not about what it was about anymore. It's just the right. anger. Right. And I think, like, For anybody who feels lost in the fight, I think like the first thing that you can do is just like listen to all the point of views. And I think then that can help you formulate next steps. Okay, so then you you ask people to take some deep breaths, which I really love. Like sometimes I stop this podcast and have everybody do the same is breathing or meditation or any of that like part of your exercise. Helps, yeah, it really just helps me slow down, especially mm-hmm. when I find myself going up into the mind or getting frantic or anxious. I am a very anxious Jewish person, and <laughs> I can very much just find taking a deep breath, slowing down just helps me show up as who I want to be in any kind mm-hmm. of given moment. And mm-hmm. and then after the politics piece, it was something I did in the live show. Was I like, had everyone take a deep breath? I actually had people stand up and kind of like do this massage train if they wanted to in the, in yeah. the live show. And it just feels. Oh yeah, I did that. Subject. I did that. <laughs> <You> remember yeah. <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it's like a little fun, a fun gimmick. And it also is just helpful yeah. after 10 subjects. Like my, what I want in the show is people to be open and receptive to listening to these things that feel really important to me. And so after yeah. even bridging heated subjects, I like taking a breath, slowing down and and changing the pace. The show is very yeah. carefully crafted towards like where there are funny moments that keep people sort of like laughing and engaged that way. Where do we need to stop and take a breath? It's like right. ultimately, I want people to be having a good time as they take all this in. And totally. the deep breath felt important there. Totally. And it's like a community building thing too. Yeah. Who <laughs> yeah. doesn't like to breathe, you know? Totally. 
And I love the the barber one. Is that legit your barber? Is that like a true story? It is. Anyone oh in God. New York who is oh my going yourself or wants to send a, a loved one to Derek Hake in Williamsburg, a fellow barber. That's really him in the show. And like when I'm saying that's a direct quote, it really is a quote. He's become one of my closest friends. He has three graduate degrees, one in divinity, one in cosmetology, and one in theater. And he was actually on his way to becoming like a minister. But as a as a gay man, he decided that wasn't the route for him. And one of the reasons he cuts hair is because it gives him this one-on-one time to deliver his sermons. And you know, just sort of the poem starts out as, and my barber really is a preacher. He gives me lessons through the mirror. He spouts wisdom like a fountain that makes life a little clearer. Last time, he told me he was the Alka-Seltzer witnessing his self dissolve into the world around him, knowing that's the only legacy he'd ever truly leave. As the pieces of his being dissolve into the existential sea and ocean of soul, the witness observing the pieces of his self that help others to grow as he lets his ideas of whatever self is go. Um, that's a direct quote. I guess it's like, it's pretty, it's, I made it rhyme a little more. That was yeah, basically no, exactly so what beautiful. he said to me. And yeah. I just like, like he broke out into that in the middle of a hair. Yeah. You know, that poem's really about seeing God and each other. And he's been an incredible inspiration and help to my life. Yeah, I think it's beautiful because I was raised Jewish, but not like I stopped going to Hebrew school when I was in third grade. So I consider myself Jewish and my family's obviously Jewish, but I don't really know a ton or have a lot of beliefs. And I feel like I've had this kind of weird like this confusing idea of what God is my whole life. It brought me back to that of like just seeing seeing God everywhere and that it isn't just like a thing or a person or a being responsible for everything, but just like seeing him in the beauty and in the sadness everywhere. Yeah, in all of it. And yeah, I, I had a similar sort of experience and upbringing and also kind of confusion by the idea of like, what, like a dude yeah. in the sky? Like, yeah, <laughs> that same, didn't resonate same. with me yeah. so much. And then, <laughs> but to expand that beyond and like, and it's actually been fun for me too, to then with a more expanded understanding to then like hear some, some of the lines of text that people say, like, yeah. you know, of like, I'm blanking on an example, but like where it's like, oh, oh, I could see what that means in a much deeper context. And mm-hmm. I think in many ways, religion has also twisted a lot of that, but I believe there's tremendous beauty in you know, I, I believe in God and I believe it's a tremendously beautiful and loving God who is like the gentlest, most loving, unconditional, loving parent that mm-hmm. anyone could possibly imagine. Just, you know, here to, wanting us to fully experience life and mm-hmm. grow and just looking at us with the, the biggest smile and unconditional love. Yeah, I think that's a healthy approach to God. <laughs> yeah, and that it lives in us as well. Like yeah, we also we also are it. We are not it yes. and it at the same time, and that's confusing. Right. But it's supposed to be <laughs> totally because it gives it like gives us control, and then it takes it away, and then we're like, "Well, who's responsible?" <laughs> <laughs> what did you get out of this the most? Like after doing this whole thing, like what spiritually, emotionally, what did you come out of it with? I think for me, this was, huh, I wouldn't expect you to talk about this. It, I think the one of the hardest things to do was for me to invest in my art and myself this way. It's like, I have also like a lot of guilt of I'm about to spend all this money on like my art. Right. Like this money that could go to these other places or people might need. And 
without knowing of like, is this going to make any money back? Or is this like, you know, it's very, with art, it both feels like the most important thing in the world to me. And also on another level, like what art, this is where you want to invest. Like, right. Like also totally worthless at the same time. Yeah. Right. I get and, what you mean. Yeah. And I think the more I've been in it, the more I have just lived in the no most important thing. And I value so much helping other people tap into their own art and creativity and expression. And, but just to invest so much of my time and energy and money into this mm-hmm. was difficult. And it was also very, I was proud of myself for doing it and proud of myself for taking the step and knowing that like, regardless of how this goes, I'm going to be glad that I work to honor these poems. This like this art that means so much to me, art has saved my life in many ways. And like this connection to everything through art, it, it just means the world to me. And I want, it's like, I want to give back to it in a way. And it feels connected to everyone. Yeah. It doesn't just the fact that it exists make it worthwhile. Like I know oh it's God, hard. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it is so, it is so hard to invest in yourself. Like it, it feels, I don't know. I get it. Like sometimes it could feel selfish or it doesn't feel responsible, but I think that, it, I don't know. It's, it's unfortunate that maybe you learn it after the fact, but how worth it, it really is to dig into when something like so internal is calling you how if you just like continue to neglect it, how it will just like you'll become resentful of it or however it comes out will may not be in the, the positive light in the way that you want it to come out. Totally. And yeah. it's, uh, I also like it's I like to ask people when they're considering. I was just talking to a friend yesterday who like hasn't mm-hmm. quite recorded her like her song that she wants to release. Mm-hmm. Asking the question, like, let's say that you put it out that no like two people listen to it. And nobody says anything nice to you about it. And it's just like, you know, it just sort of it's sitting there and maybe a couple of people hear it, but you're not getting mm-hmm. at all the, the response you desire. Will mm-hmm. you be sad that you did it? And the answer no. with art is almost always no. No. And that's something that's, I think, so beautiful. And I also really do believe with art, we don't see the impact necessarily. This is ripple effect. That's also true. That's what's so hard too. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe there's this art has its own intelligence, this art official intelligence. It has, it, <laughs> it reaches the right people at the right time. It coordinates like the right messages to the right places. In some ways, I think it is divine work of the way that it coordinates us and the way that it feeds us at the right moments or challenges us at the right moments. And I've come to really trust that. I feel like even scared saying that out loud as it sounds, I don't know, out there, but it it just does ring true to me. No, it, you shouldn't. I mean, I totally get it. I think that so much of the time we're doing things for something tangible. You know, we want to see something out of it. We want to feel something out of it. We want to make some money from it, but whatever, right? Like we want to know that our time is being spent like as efficiently as possible. But I think like this, when you're viewing it from the lens of it being like a work of art, you just, you don't know the impact that it's going to have because it's not a tactile thing. And I really do believe in just getting it out there. And if it has a meaningful message behind it, if it has intention, you know, then people will find it. Yeah, I I'm with you. Where can everybody like watch the special, find more about you, all of it? Yeah, please go watch. I love it and I want you to have it. You can just go to wordsthatmove.com and then slash special or you'll see it on the website. Uh, yeah, wordsthatmove.com is where it's living, made a little page where everybody can can go watch it. It's free. It's just there for you. And yeah, I'm Max Stossel and I'm at Max Stossel on the social media things that I sometimes hate. 
And, and yeah, and you can find me there as well. Yeah. When I recommend everybody watch it, but also if you want to just like go on a walk and listen to it and like really soak in the words, that's nice too. So Max, thank you so much for taking the time to come here. I really appreciate it. I always love to like highlight people doing cool, different things. So I'm so happy that you reached out. Thanks for having me, Wit. No, this was so fun. And I so appreciate you and appreciate being on here. My pleasure. Hope your eye feels better. And seriously, thank, <laughs> thank you, you so much. Thank you. This is so great. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney E. Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, WhitneyPort. Peace in the streets. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.